Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Welcome to another edition of the Five Star Zone. This is our Rose Bowl preview. And I thought I would go and get somebody who was very tapped into Alabama football. Good friend of mine. I've known him ever since Michigan State got shellacked by Alabama back in 2013. Ryan Fowler. You can listen to him on 100.9 The Game in Tuscaloosa. He's been following this Bama team forever. He's been He's the man when it comes to Bama knowledge. So, Ryan, what's going on, man? I appreciate you. He's at the Rose Bowl, and he's covering this Bama team. Ryan, appreciate you giving me a couple minutes of your day, time in the day, just to kind of talk to me about and preview this game with Michigan and Alabama. Absolutely. And, you know, I go back, and I've connected with you uh, through the 2015 Cotton Bowl. We had a lot of fun. I remember that game. We were kind of talking smack a little bit, kind of leading up to it, and uh, we, we were having some fun. I won't even you know bring up that score, okay? So I'm going to let that one sit on the table, okay? Uh, 2015, it was out of the Cotton Bowl. And, you know, I always tell people radio is a fraternity, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you're a member of the radio fraternity. And, and all of us radio guys, we almost stick together, right? I mean, you came on my show. You were, you were great with my audience. My audience loved you. And uh, now it's to be able to repay that favor and to come on and talk with you guys. And I just finished up with the Michigan defensive uh, press conference and the Alabama offense. They matched those up, you know, the opposing units going against one another. And then tomorrow it'll be the Alabama defense against the Michigan offense. But uh, uh, I guess the big takeaway, and you may ask me about that. I'm not trying to jump ahead, but uh, uh, a lot of things was Jalen Milrow. There was a big, I don't know if you want to say bomb, but it was a it was a big nugget. You know, you, you're, you've been in the media business long enough. When you hear that clip, you're like, that is going to go viral. That is the one that's going to go viral. And people are like, well, tell us, tell us. So Jalen Milrow has developed as a quarterback, and it's been a lot of fun to watch him develop. I think his attitude has been just spot on. He's taken criticism, and and I'll be, I'll be a guy that will admit to it. Uh, I was one of those early on. Not as critical as some, but I was also very critical because I'm like, you know, you're coming out of the Bryce Young era and you're watching him develop and and you're you're, you're like, hold on, whoa, this is it's the eyes are having to adjust. So Jalen Milrow revealed about 30 minutes ago, no, probably even 15 minutes ago, that Bill O'Brien, the former OC at Alabama and the current New England Patriot OC, said that um he didn't think that he could be a quarterback, that he wanted him to change positions. And wow. Jalen Milrow looked at us and said, So how somebody said, How do you how does it make you how did it make you feel? And he said, Well, I'll tell you. He said, Anybody ever tell you you suck? 
And I, I just for a minute, you know, I think about what you and I do and we have to offer opinions. And sometimes those are not favorable opinions. And it's hard to criticize, you know, a 17, 18, 19 year old young man. But it's our job. Right. I mean, you know, if it's four interceptions, it's four interceptions. But I think about a coach. Rico, it's his responsibility to amp that kid up, right? It right. speaks more about the volume of Bill O'Brien and Tommy Reese, a young and up-and coach, has been able to get him to where he's at. You know, I think the best coaches are able to take the skill set of a player and make them who they are. Don't try to, you know, force a, a square peg in a round hole, right? Uh and, and to adjust. And so I, I promise you that clip is going to go viral. Um, I know I, I, I put it up on Twitter uh, during a, a couple of minutes there and, and it went, you know, it's already you know received auto reaction that that's going to be the go to clip right there. Well, yeah, I remember when you told me before we got started, I was just like, whoa, I mean, here's the funny thing. I mean, we I don't know about you, but we've all I've been told. I remember a long time ago when I first really was getting into the radio business, it was a producer who told me that, you know, you'll never host a show. You're not good enough. And basically best you'll ever be is a sidekick. And that's about it. And I took those words to heart. So I know where Jalen is coming from, where it, 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 when you feel like quitting, you just throw another log on the fire and you're like, I got, if anything, I got to prove this person wrong. So for him, when he goes out there, he's got to prove Bill O'Brien wrong. And I'm sure when he got benched, you know, when Saban benched him, he had to think to himself, my God, is this man right? But he's turned it around. I'll be honest with you. The way he's playing now, he's one of the front runners for my Heisman vote for next year. Cause I was like, this kid, I mean, I've, Ryan, I've never seen a guy who just, it just clicks all of a sudden. And it seemed like the game slowed down for him. And he, if he played the way that he played at the beginning of the year, he probably would have been in New York for the Heisman ceremony. So I think Bill O'Brien may have, he may have to take an L on this one. <laughs> well, he's taken a lot of L's, right? When you think about Bill O'Brien, I mean, he's really uh, kind of drifted. And, and I almost wonder if that's why he's no longer in Tuscaloosa or maybe he knew that he was no longer going to be in Tuscaloosa. I mean, you never know. Maybe the, maybe Bill O'Brien. I mean, he deserves to to hear his voice. Maybe he thought that uh, that you know maybe it was another position because you know Jalen is an elite athlete, but he's also developed, as you said, into a very solid quarterback. I mean, he's not going to be Bryce Young, um, but he's taken some steps in the right direction, and his deep ball is is there. I mean, it's probably one of the best deep balls that I've seen in Tuscaloosa. Uh, the short intermediate passes has been the area that has grown the most for him. Uh, the Those balls, it, the deep ball was there from the get-go. And now when you look at the intermediate passes and if he's able to run, but let's, let me pause that just for a minute because you, you mentioned, you know, the doubt. Now it almost makes sense because he also created, have you seen these shirts that say Lank? That have you seen the Alabama shirts? Okay, they've got them all over down here. It's more of a local thing, and it's let all the naysayers know. Let mm. all the naysayers know, and it's like their team motto. Like they <laughs> wear these Nike shirts where they have turned it into NIL, where you can go and order with a, you know, a specific number. Like if you want to support Jalen Milrow, and he mm -hmm. come up with that, and now it's every team member you can go and buy that shirt with their number on it. And it's, it's literally been their motivation. But now, I think with that comment, I'm understanding that root 
That's where that came from. It it was probably some of the media that doubted them early, but it, you almost go back and you say this quarterback is now playing with a chip on his shoulder, right? He's got something to prove. It's deeper. Uh, and and listen, you can go too far with it, but I promise. No, no, no. You- I'm, I'm, I'm Ryan. I'm laughing because I don't know if you've noticed with the Michigan players. I don't know if they're out there wearing the shirts that say "Bet," and that was what you know, are they? It it's it's when when Harbaugh got suspended and JJ McCarthy the quarterback came out and and you know he was so angry he just tweeted out bet and then it just took for not like every Michigan person you know that you had even Tom Brady Charles Woodson was just bet I mean they just all everybody just kept going bet 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 so trust me you'll hear that a lot so it's funny but yes you can get those t-shirts as well that's, that's their rallying cry. No, so right? I mean, that's that's self-inflicted. I mean, I understand that you're trying to play this card of, you know, the world's against you. Rico, in sports, people don't like cheaters. They don't like people who walk in the gray area and then walk beyond that gray line. And, and that's what the Michigan Wolverines did. So when you think about that, you know, I, I've said this a couple of times. And, yeah, I mean, I'm not a part of the team. But it's almost like for college football, Alabama's there to serve justice, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're the judge and the jury. Uh, because I don't think we could have a team who cheated, and regardless of how significant it was or insignificant, or or if it's not something that you know is a big deal, but at the end of the day, Michigan got called. And 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 I still think, and and I know we've talked about it on my show with you, the NCA is waiting in the wings. They don't yeah. want to do this because of the distractions and but but the NCA is coming. It, it's coming because I don't think you can allow this type of public cheating to go on. And no, yeah. and it's funny because yeah, I, I, they I think in their world they wanted Penn State to do their dirty work. They wanted Ohio State to do the dirty work. They laughingly wanted Iowa to do the dirty work in the Big Ten championship game, but Iowa can't score points. So yeah, so now it's to the point where. They want somebody else to knock them off so that they don't have to strip them of a title. But it's funny because I know what it was like. You know, what what, what was it like down in, in SEC country when you saw the news that came out about Jim Harbaugh? Oh, it was tons. I mean, it was it was like my show content. It, it was listening to the different players, um, you know, from from Michigan, as you said. But but I, I was help me with the name of the of the individual that was the coach that coached in that first game that went oh, just Connor a Stallings. one more time Connor Stallings no 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 the the uh the actual coach that's uh a part of that that filled in for Jim Harbaugh oh oh yeah, um, the high energy guy it was uh that filled in for Jim Harbaugh. Moore. Yeah, Moore. yeah yeah so I so I like his passion but I'm just sitting there going Okay, this is like someone that's a bank robber, and and then they're wanting the world to feel sorry for them, right? I mean, it, it was it was like, okay, I got arrested for a felony bank robbery, but but I spent the money, but you know, I was gonna see if I could start a GoFundMe account to get me out of jail. It's it's I, I just can't understand the mindset that that's the issue, and you know, to listen to the Alabama staff and and the coaches talk about. You know, they're not worried about Michigan sign stealing. And, and Coach Saban has talked about uh, changing, you know, the things. But he says, we do that all the time. So it's not something they're going to do different for Michigan. But he talked about 
today we'll, we learn that they're not even carrying their iPads and film really? session home hmm. because of security. They don't want to find a way because if you're a cheater that you'll go to a lot of, you know, extreme measures to get more data points. Right. And so they're not even letting the players carry the iPads that they watch film on home. They have to do it inside the facility or do it inside of, you know, I don't know the hotel room because they're making sure that, you know, these hackers cannot hack in and, and get their information. I mean, let that sink in just for a minute. Rico, that that's crazy. Even, I mean, who would have thought that we would be talking about this in this day and age, but that's 2023. Now, it's funny, Ryan, because I this podcast is a Big Ten-oriented podcast. And one okay. of the biggest things that a lot of Michigan fans have said, they you know, they've accused Ohio State and said, well, you know, Ohio State does it too. But my God, look at what the SEC, they cheat all the time. That's how they win all the time. So once again, from SEC country, have you ever seen anything like this? Or is this or is Michigan just bad at doing it? But this is something that goes on all the time. You know, I, I would think that there's information that is shared among coaches. But I mean, when you actually get a guy that goes in, in a game in another stadium, I mean, there's certain bylaws that you have to agree upon. I mean, you got to have ethics. And that's really a it's a violation of who you are, right? That, that you're willing to step into that and say, you know what, above everything, winning at all costs. And we've got a program in the SEC that likes to win at all costs, and that's the Auburn Tigers. Um, you look at Hugh Freeze. He's a win at all costs guy, right? I mean, he, he's been called so many times cheating. Well, so is Auburn. Auburn leads the country in NCAA probation periods, right? NCAA investigations. So you've got a combined cheater, who has proven to be a cheater, who had to go to Liberty that nobody was going to hire, and I'm not trying to go SEC on you, but they brought him back in our own state, right? I mean, Hugh Freeze right. is coaching at Auburn. And so you've got two programs, and, and it's a perfect marriage for those guys because Auburn's history and Hugh Freeze's history. And maybe they'll forgive one another, and maybe they are able to clean up, and you know, maybe they go to Cheaters Anonymous, and, and they try to find a way to – uh, to, to work that out. Maybe we'll invite Michigan down and let them go through. But when you look at the SEC, I think a lot of the, the violations that happen in the SEC is based around recruiting, right? It, they recruit the best players, but it's also a geographical side of things. When you look at a lot of the great players, they're from that Southern region. It, mm -hmm. It's the same thing if I went to your region. You know, my wife is from the Midwest. She's from Indiana. Basketball okay. is important to you and your state. Same thing right there where you guys are at. It's important. The same thing in the South, and some of that has to do with the climate, right? The right. cold weather forces the players inside to play basketball. But when you look at football, it it's a community thing down here. I know it is there. I'm not trying to take anything away, but it's like a religion for high school football here. It, no, it's, no, no. I mean, it's, Ryan, you could say that. I mean, my goodness. The championship goes to the SEC every year. I mean, everybody knows we we joke because one of the producers in the show is Kenny Cotton. He's a big Georgia fan, and we always he's we just like I get you know it just means more. Roll, roll tide, Kenny. I, I just want to make sure that Georgia guy hears that. Okay, so I hope when you're cutting this up, I'd like to remind you that that 29 game win streak, trying to do something that's never been done in in college football history of winning three in a row. Kenny, your team failed, man. Your team failed. 
<laughs> Sorry, I just wanted to aggravate my Georgia fans. Look, Rico, they put us through H-E-double-L for the last couple of years. And right. uh, they were handing out retirement slips. Uh, they were inviting people to retirement parties for Nick Saban. Right. Uh, no, say, Georgia picked a bad day to have a bad day. Absolutely. Good team. And it's, this is one of those where yeah, if you would have lost to Alabama in week three, you're still playing right now. But right. you picked a bad day to have a bad day, and you needed a miracle to happen because he was all depressed. I was like, Kenny, you're, you're not going to go back. But we told him at the beginning of the year, no one since I think 1936, it was Minnesota of all teams, last team to three-peat. Like, it's not going to happen. It's very difficult to do. But yeah, he he was he was bummed out about it. He was like, "Yeah, I know." Kenny, you know. Kenny, Kenny, you can cry on my shoulder if you need to. Let, Rico's got my contact. Uh, we we've been <laughs> allowing some therapy sessions down in Tuscaloosa for our fellow fellow SEC brethren. So, Kenny, I'm just aggravating you, man. Well, that's what college football's all about. We like a little smack talk, and uh, we take a lot of Georgia calls down in in in, in my uh, neck of the woods. Down oh, in trust me. Ken, Kenny calls Big Ten when we argue back and forth. Oh, the little pillow fight that you guys do. It's like it's not real football. It's, it's like a pillow fight to us. Well, I mean, I mean to be honest with you, I kind of agree with Kenny now. Oh, I, mean, wow. <laughs> I mean, I walked in uh, a couple of minutes ago, and I was looking at the Michigan guys walking in, and I'm I'm going, Where, when's the team going to show up? Are, are these guys staff members? Uh, I mean, and then, you know, here comes Jayla Milrow, and I was comparing the size, and I'm like, oh, wow. I mean, he's a big boy. He's a big uh, boy. All right, so, Ryan, Rose Bowl coming up. For those who don't know a lot about Alabama football this season, tell us about this Alabama team. What does Alabama have to do to defeat the University of Michigan? Show up. <laughs> I'm just aggravated. I just wanted to see your reaction uh, because you kind of gave me that look. I mean, I'm, listen, I'm a guy that, just like you, I have yeah. fun, man, on radio. Uh, that, that was good. That was good. No, no, I'm just kidding. I mean, you guys are number one. I mean, we don't have a chance. Uh, you guys are the favorite. Uh, Alabama's just here to get the participation trophy. And, They're one play favorite. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, but, but you know, and Nick Saban's played that up, too, with uh, – you know, uh, there's still doubters, I think is what he told his team. There's still doubters out there. Uh, when you look at this Alabama team, you, you mentioned a couple of minutes ago about Jalen Milrow watching him develop. I think that's a fun part about this season. We've watched a lot of players. You know, Caden Proctor from Iowa, who is uh, the freshman left tackle. We've watched him grow as a player. We've watched these wide receivers. We've watched this defense. Uh, Caleb Downs just won the Sean Alexander Freshman of the Year Award. And I know you say, well, that's an Alabama guy. It's a national award uh, by the Maxwell Trophy uh, awarded Caleb Downs. So we've watched this team grow as a whole. And I think really if you go back to the Georgia game, no doubt that was their best game, but Mm -hmm. there was still ceiling left. Like I can go back to that game and I can point out where Jalen struggled and missed a lot of opportunities. So when I look at this Alabama football team, there's still some ceiling left. And we saw a little bit of that in that final drive. With even they were so confident in some of the play calling, they weren't try. They were not trying to take the air out of it. I mean, they were trying to add to it. So when you back up a couple of minutes and you begin to kind of analyze this Alabama team, this is by far Nick Saban's best coaching job. It may not be his best team, 
but it's his best coaching job. And I think a credit to Kevin Steele, his defensive coordinator, and Tommy Reese, the offensive coordinator, for allowing this team to be patient and allow this team to grow up. And, you know, it goes back to that 31-yard pass against Auburn. And I know Michigan's probably looking at that going, that team ain't got a chance against our Wolverines. Well, that team, that was an outlier for that season. Uh, Yeah, you could go back and say Texas was – uh, that team was still growing up, but it has been fun to watch this team go undefeated in the best conference in the country, the SEC, and to go to the SEC title game. And I know 27 to 24 against Georgia, but that score was a little misleading. They scored that late touchdown, but Alabama really they really controlled that game. And when you look at Michigan and you look at Georgia, to me, there's a lot of similarities, right? When you look at Georgia's way they want to do offensively, be physical, punch you in the mouth, defensively, I see a lot of concepts that are very similar. Um, so when you back up a couple of minutes and you begin to analyze you know, that, that Michigan team, I see a lot of Georgia in them, or I see a lot of you know, what Michigan does is what Georgia does. So it's almost like they've, they've already played Michigan. Yeah, you could have mistakes, you could have turnovers, you could have interceptions, and all that can impact. And you know, if you look at statistically speaking, the Michigan Wolverines, they take advantage of those opportunities, right? I mean, that, that's one of the things that they do real well is creating those, but then taking full advantage and, you know, finding a way to get in the end zone and score off of, you know, the, those turnovers. So when you look at the this team, I kind of think that, you know, Vegas may be closer than what we think. I mean, they've got this game in the 40s. I would say over, like 44 and a half. I'd say the game goes over, but not by much. I still just see this game, you know, maybe 31-24, 31-21, it'll be, you know, which guy can make the big plays? Will Jalen Milrow use his legs? Because if he does that and he also can combine on those deep balls and that short intermediate throw, um, Alabama's probably going to be in Houston. And Michigan's going to be going back to Ann Arbor. Well, if he now, does. you look at this Alabama team, Ryan. I mean, for years it seems like they just would stockpile first-round draft picks. This wide receivers, running backs, defensive players. Where this year it kind of seems like it's a team without a ton of stars. They underachieved to start the year off. I mean, I hate to say it, but they were living in Georgia's shadow, and then all of a sudden they beat Georgia. Well, like, who are some names that we don't know about that that could step up in this game? Well, you look at the wide receivers. Um, you, you think about stretching. No, they don't have a Marvin Harrison Jr., but they do have some guys that are very capable. They have some, you know, pretty solid tight ends, very physical tight ends. And you think about the running backs could be very key in this game because if they kind of get in this power game, like our guy's bigger than your guy, let's see if we can pound this thing. Alabama's pretty deep on running back. So they've got several guys that are five stars that haven't even touched the field. I don't think they'll play in this game, but they're deep at that position if they have to get in that in that area and play that style of game. Jace McClellan's probably going to be back to good to go. He was the running back that missed the Georgia game. So – you think about him, you think about Roy Dell Williams, keep your eye on that. But I think it's all the success. I mean, I'm not trying to put it on one guy, but I think it's Jalen Milrow, right? I mean, you've got to be able to if, – if you tell me, Rico, you said, Ryan, I'm going to tell you that Jalen Milrow is going to play a C game, then Michigan beats Alabama. I mean, I, I don't want to put it all on one young man, 
but it, it's it's because he's so involved with the offense, his mobility, his passing, just the way that he orchestrates that offense. You know, he's got to have a B, B plus, uh, A minus top performance. He doesn't. Is, have to- is it sacrilegious if I say because to you, he reminds me a lot of Cam Newton. I know Cam went to Auburn, but is that fair? He's hard to bring down. Cam Newton was hard to bring down. I talked to a lot of defensive guys who used to tell me he's the hardest player we've ever tried to tackle, Cam Newton. And I think Jay Milrow is like you've almost got to make a business decision. You know, you, you know, do you go low? Do you go, you know, you, you better call back up, right? I mean, you're going to try to get him on the ground because he's going to make you look silly. And, and guys, he makes quality All-Americans in games look like – Silly, and, and so I know Michigan's got a great defense. So I'm not I'm not downplaying that at all. But when I I ask several of the Michigan players today, I said, "Give me a team that reminds you of Alabama." One of them said Ohio State, and then one of them compared Jalen Milrow, and they said, "Well, you know, we played Talia Tungavaloa. Okay, I covered Talia mm-hmm. at Alabama. It, it, it's a different animal. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's like the physicality. When you get up beside uh, Jalen and you begin to to think about, um, you know, what he's able to do as a, as an offensive player, but it, it's just, I mean, he doesn't even look like a, a quarterback. I mean, guys, I mean, he is he is built. I've seen big players. Okay, I mean, I've covered Alabama since Nick Saban arrived. That is a – I say he's chiseled out of Stone Mountain granite, which is a big – you know, down in Georgia, big Stone Mountain. I, I mean, he is – the percent body fat. So so what 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 made the light just click on for him? Because a lot of Michigan fans are looking at the – it's not the Alabama – I mean, not the Auburn game that they look at. But they're like, well, Texas walked into their backyard. They did. And beat them. And but that's not Texas the same beat them. That that is that is a team that has grown up. That's not the same team. I promise you, because I came on the radio and I looked like a fool because I was like, this team is going to be Nick Saban's worst team. This, this team will be lucky to even win the SEC West. They they might even be lucky to get to ten wins. And I have, as we talked about in the first part of the interview, is we've watched this team slowly grow up. We've watched them take, and I think it goes back to the coaches taking what they can do and then moving it into a direction of saying, hey, we're not going to try to force you. We're just going to try to do this and, and try to you know do what you can do. And I think that's what this Alabama – so if, if Michigan fans are going, well, that's the same team that played Texas, it's not. It, it, it is total different. Whether you look at the offensive line, they're playing with a lot of confidence. And, and you got to remember, this is the biggest offensive line in football, NFL or college. These guys are they're monsters. I think they average like 340 across the front. I mean, they're, they're big offensive linemen. And, and I know that's what Michigan kind of brands themselves on. Yeah, I was about to say, now Michigan, they 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 love their offensive line. They were up for the Remington Award. They won it for the last, uh, like, two years ago, I believe. How does Alabama get pressure on J.J.? Because, you know, some NFL scouts and draft boards have him. They got J.J. as a first-round selection. How does Alabama bring pressure to get to him to disrupt that game? Well, I think it starts in the corners just for a couple of minutes. You got you got two All-American candidates in Kool-Aid McKinnistry, first, second team, third team All-Americans. I can't remember exactly. There was a lot of 
recognition, but Kool-Aid McKinnistry. And when you think about uh, Terry and Arnold, which is probably one of the, I mean, I saw where he was ranked like number 12 in the NFL draft projections for upcoming year. So he's a guy that can, in a hurry, shut a lot of folks down. And, and you say, well, well, hold on, what does that have to do with pressure? Well, it all works hand-in-hand, right? If you can lock those wide receivers down, the edge guys, Dallas Turner, also another first-rounder, and Chris Braswell, I saw him late first round, early second projection. Mm-hmm. You got two edge guys. I mean, that's where – they put pressure on the quarterback. It's not just sacks. It's quarterback hurries. It's just making him move out of the pocket. And and they they get after you. But but those defensive backs is where it all starts because the plays are are just not there, right? Um, and so then the pressure, it's it's almost a lot of coverage sacks because of, of those defensive backs. It just gives him time, you know, to get there. I mean, the pressure – now, you know, they've played a team that's similar, but – the, you know, when you look at pressure, uh, that's probably one of the strengths of this team. And I know it is for Michigan as well. All right, so, Ryan, you're out there at the Rose Bowl. You cover Alabama. Call your shot. What what, what do we see come, uh, I guess, at the end of the game? I was going to say like 9 p.m. Eastern time. What's the final results? What happened? Who's the MVP? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I got to go back to Jalen Milrow. I mean, I, I don't think there's another player. I just think it's it's him. If Alabama wins the game, and I've got them 31-3 to three is what I've got Alabama beating Michigan. Oh, wow. I'm just getting your reaction again. <laughs> uh, I, I, I got like 31-21. And that's Ryan C. At Ryan C. Fowler. Yes. Hey, listen, join the Florida State fans. Find me on Twitter, at Ryan C. Fowler. And as long as you're nice – We'll have yeah. a conversation. So, no, I'm just aggravating. But, no, I, I see Alabama win the game. I, I think this is a really good matchup for Alabama. But, listen, I've seen this this Alabama team give up turnovers. I've seen them play sloppy against South Florida. So they have the potential to have a great game, but they also can, you know, they can poop in their pants. I mean, they, they can find a way to, to struggle. Uh, and if they give up turnovers and you give a team like Michigan defense, you know, team that let's say you give them a short field, they're able to take advantage of it. And then well, that's how they beat Ohio State. They, right. they got the turnover early, and Ohio it's State like had because for me, I think the magic number for Michigan is ten. You keep Michigan under ten points. What I was saying is, for me, I, I think for Michigan, the magical number is ten. If Michigan falls, actually ten or eleven, if they fall behind by double digits. I think it would probably be the first time they've been that way all season long. I don't know if the team is built to come back. They're built to just get that avalanche going and just bury you. So, yeah, if you're right, I guess if you're Bama, you don't want that short field. I did want to ask one quick question before I let you go because I know you got to do your show. Nick Saban with one week to prepare. What what type of surprises do you think that we should be looking out for? Well, you know, I saw a lot of wrinkles against Georgia. I mean, there was a lot of the offensive side of the ball – that maybe we have not been accustomed to just little things, right? That little toss that they would do, and they was almost adding a quarterback read in there, but also a little bit of a toss. Um, it was, And then they also went back to it as a fake toss too, like where they faked the toss and the whole entire – I mean, it was like it was creative. That's what I'm talking about. In that final couple of drives, I saw plays that I haven't seen all season, and they were obviously confident enough that they decided to run those plays. So when you back up a little bit, you begin to kind of analyze – 
you know, this this Alabama offense, um, I mean, I, I think you'll see some wrinkles. And I think they're probably saving some of those. Uh, I, I think you'll see a, a a better Alabama team that you saw in Georgia, against Georgia. Because that team was beat up at that point. They'd went through the SEC. They'd went through, you know, tough games against LSU. They went through tough games at Auburn. Uh, and then that team was physically beat up. Um I think you'll see a different football team. I, I mean, I just see it in their attitude. It, it's a fresher, uh, energized football team. Ryan, I appreciate your time. You can check him out. He's on from 2 to 6 down in Tuscaloosa. Uh, 100.9, the game. Ryan Fowler, uh, if you want, be nice. It's Ryan C. Fowler, but if you tweet at him, be nice. Don't embarrass me, people. But I do appreciate you coming on here, man. Covering the Alabama Crimson Tide out at the Rose Bowl. Ryan, any final words before I let you go? Get on with your show. Well, uh, I'm coming to Camp Randall next week, so maybe you guys could, uh, you know, next year uh, when Wisconsin hosts Alabama, so maybe these Big Ten fans can uh, throw me a party or something. You know, I mean, you know, maybe I can have like a crow-eating contest if, <laughs> if Michigan uh, beats Alabama. You guys can get me some crow. And I'll you, I like barbecue sauce, so if you're going to serve me fried crow, uh, I like barbecue sauce. That's my that's my go-to. Well, I still got to get down there for those fried pickles. I'll be hearing you talking about all the time on your show, so I'm definitely down for that. I like. Fried uh, you know pickles. what? How about this? I'll get you on next year when you guys play Wisconsin. Okay, I'll get you back on for that, Ryan. I appreciate, appreciate your time, that. man. Go have fun. Enjoy the weather. You ever been to the Rose Bowl before? This is first time. First time I ever all been right. to the Rose. Somebody told me this back in uh, 20, was it 2013 when State went out there? Around the third quarter or so, you look over to the mountains, the sun is going to set. It's going to be very beautiful. Just snap a photo of that. It's it's a beautiful sunset in the mountains. It's going to sh- it's going to produce all types of colors. Trust me when I say, I thought it was like, yeah, right. And then when I actually saw it, I was like, wow, people weren't lying about that. Very beautiful. It's it's uh right at the back end of uh I don't know which side of the end zone it is but it's in the one of the end zones. You'll see the mountains come sunset that thing will light up like it's on fire. So hey, I'm, enjoy I'm my excited. friend. I'm soaking it all in, man. This is a you know it's a once in a lifetime chance to cover the Rose Bowl, so it's kind of a bucket list item for me. Uh, but Ryan, thank you for your time. Thanks for coming on. You've been watching the Five Star Zone. Hey, keep liking, subscribing, tell your friends so, you know, brother can get paid. All right, we'll be back next week. And you know what? If Alabama wins, I may get you on to kind of break down the national championship game. How okay. about that? Yeah, I'm, I'm available anytime, man. I appreciate you, man. Thank you, Rico. All right, I'll see you guys later. We'll be back next week.